Hello, and welcome to A Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan. My pronouns are he, him. And today I am joined by... Hey there, guys. My name is Tyler. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I'm going to be playing uh, Ricky, the fire-aspected street exorcist. Hi, everybody. My name's Christina. I will be playing Elion. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and Elion's pronouns are they, them. Uh, they are a water-aspected investigator. Hi, everyone. My name's Cody. Pronouns are he, they, and I play Amalar Divine, the air-aspected shady businessman. Hi, my name is Britt, and I play Resh Ferris. My pronouns are she, her, as well as Ferris's. She is a wood-aspected dragon-blooded who has a familiar named Zeke, who is a ferret, and she's kind of a performer, petty theft. And this is Exalted, like a dragon-blooded. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Creation. It's been a long time coming, and I'm so happy to finish off the year with a project I've been working on for nearly the whole year. In this game, we are going to be following a circle of dragon-blooded criminals as they try to make a name for themselves in Chiroscuro. Between the guild, their pass, and their superiors breathing down their necks, we'll see just how long our crew can continue this life of crime without compromising too much of who they are. I wanted to point out something before we get into this properly. Due to some audio issues, Tyler's audio track was lost for the first half of the session, and we essentially miss out on a pretty fun roleplay scene that we do recreate uh, as best as we can in uh, session two. Uh, I've done my best to creatively edit around this, and he comes back in properly to the crew around the halfway mark of the episode. After the holidays, I'll begin the process of updating and linking our World Anvil page so that if you're interested, you can look into some of the depth of NPCs that compose the crime family. And finally, enjoy the outtakes at the end of this episode. We start our journey in the world of creation, not in a grand epic battle and not anywhere else, but on a, on a Tuesday, on the 10th day of resplendent air, the air around Chirskiro, which is a seaside town, one of the lovely broken jewels of the South, the Storms around the area between the Blessed Isle and Chiroscuro have begun to coalesce. Uh, the first stormy set season of the year approaches, uh, just before uh, the elemental pole of air blows most of its cold wind down from the north. And despite the rocking winds and the hurricane that's building on the horizon, Everyone on the harbor of Chiroscuro, facing the north, goes about their day like any other. Cody, you find yourself on the top side of a uh, junk, uh, a, a ship that uh, goes through the, the seas and, and the rivers of the scavenger lands. And you, along with uh, one of along with your superior in the group, uh, Uncle Kathak Akoki, are on your way from Great Forks 
down to Chiroscuro, where that you, as well as your charge, have been given the explicit instructions from your matriarch. Get us a seat in Chiroscuro, or I'll have your fucking head. Heard. So, uh... Unk, how, uh... How do we plan on, uh... Getting this seat? How do you want to go about it? Because, you know, chaos ain't bad, but that's just to stir up the waters. Uncle, uh, Catholic looks down, down to you. Uh, he is a tall man with, uh, fiery red hair. Uh, the, his, uh, buff jacket blows in the wind as that he, he has a single eye patch, uh, from an old wound from before that he even, uh, exalted before the, the, the touch of the dragons hit him. And he just kind of grins and uh, look, looks down to you. Well, uh, I'm going to definitely have to say here that uh, chaos is pretty fun and all, but uh, it's only real good for a couple days once you come in. You know, you got you to gotta really have a plan for after the chaos. You got you to gotta have a good broom to sweep it up with. Yeah. Yeah, brooms. Uh, you know, uh, me and Order uh, ain't exactly the... Uh, we don't exactly see eye to eye, so uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll be around to help with that sweeping, you know, occasionally. Yeah, so I guess we gotta call some chaos, make some friends, take over a gambling den. Yeah, that sounds fun. Wonder if there's anybody we can just steal a building from. <laughs> Stealing a building, yeah, that'd be fun. Uh... Not sure that I got the abilities for that just yet, but I'm more of a more of a working uh working the finances kind of kind of guy, lying on papers and all that. So, uh, hmm. Yeah, so one of the ideas that uh that Desert Bloom actually ran by me is maybe we could get a if we could get a whole floor of the uh of the tower in the Plaza District. I think that would probably be the way to set up shop. You know. I hear the, I hear the Ezas already got a already got a shop there, and uh, that's uh, that's masquerading in a bar in the new city. Uh, but I think that uh, get, getting a spot in Old Chiroscuro, I think that's the way to go. Oh yeah, definitely. Start from the bottom and build our way up until you know we have the tower. <laughs> Man, I don't think anyone's going to take that whole tower, but you know you're welcome to try. <laughs> yeah, they aim big. You know what happens when you give me a challenge. Oh, I can't wait to see you try and take that kind of attitude with uh, with the lady who runs it. Oh, uh, who's the lady who runs it? Uh, Cody, actually, I have a question for you. Um, could you describe what that uh, what your character looks like and also a, a name? Amalar Divine goes by uh, Divine. Is a young man. Uh, young for Dragon Bloods is like two hundred, right? Young for Dragon Bloods is more like forty. Okay, so yeah, he's he's probably in his early fifties or so. He's got sort of darkish skin and long brown hair, wearing a 
set of just wearing a regular uh, leather hauberk. And anybody who pays attention will notice that he never wears shoes and has uh, strange-looking feet. Kind of like fuzzy hobbit feet. Oh, no, I was just going to say, but other than that, he looks perfectly average. Like, it's his intent to blend in. Yeah, so the uh, the old lady who runs the tower, they, she's uh, she's been there for a couple, uh, for a while. Actually, I don't know how long she's been there, but it's been long enough that she's seen a couple Tricons come and go. You be careful if you end up messing with her. <laughs> Careful's for uh, boring people. He gives you a, uh, like a friendly punch to the side of the shoulder like nothing that's gonna hurt you but like that kind of uh that kind of like bro moment of just like yeah man sure um at this point um brit you're on the boat yes yes i am on the boat how is uh ferris is a wood aspect correct yes sirree how do you think that she's dealing with um the rocking of a boat in as that a storm is starting to approach. Uh, not, I would say not super well. Um, she's probably either like lying down or sitting down up against like a railing or a chair or something like that to kind of try to feel a little bit more grounded. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, as that the uh, above deck, as that the storms are starting to swell and get ready, and a couple miles to the south, uh, Divine, you can actually see two piercing golden lights kind of just like staring out of like the mists of the approaching uh, of the approaching hurricane that's actually building. Uncle Kathak actually kind of looks to you and goes, all right, then uh, we should probably go go down uh, below deck and check on the little missus. Yeah. So I'm sure she's uh, holding up well with all this travel. So you guys uh, go below deck uh, on the junk. There you see uh, Brit's character. Brit, would you like to describe uh, Resh Ferris? Sure. Uh, So Resh Ferris is a young looking woman. She's got short blonde hair and uh, tannish skin. Like she spends a lot of time in the sun, but both her hair and her skin have like a greenish tint to them. Um, Not like a sickly green, like a natural green. Um, Her eyes are bright green as well. And she's got freckles that spot her skin. Um, From her blonde hair, a few vines are growing that kind of like mix into the hair a little bit. So they don't look like completely out of place unless you're really looking at them really hard. Uh, Along her back and down like halfway down her arms is a really thin dark brown layer of bark. That grows very similar to like Aang's tattoos from Avatar Last Airbender, but not like that all the way down her arms so that she can easily cover them up if need be. She has a faint pine tree smell to her when you get close enough. 
and she's wearing like light clothes, kind of billowy, something that like the wind can ruffle. Basically like a nice billowy sheer shirt with like a tank top underneath and some like harem like pants. harem pants and like flats. Excellent. So these two approach from above deck. And uh, like I said, the ship is starting to rock, but uh, you can hear the sounds of sailors doing what they do best and getting everything ready for for docking. Akoki uh, comes forward and uh, looks down to Ferris. As I mentioned before, he's a rather large fellow. So then, uh, Miss, uh, I'm... We're we should be getting near Chiroscuro pretty soon. We just saw the uh, the 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 beacons. Um, so hopefully this storm should calm soon. Um, are did your brother uh, leave you with any instructions on what to do? Brendan, did my brother leave me with any instructions? No, no, he did not. I, if he did, I would have told you. No. No, he didn't. Oh, all, all right. He he seems a little confused by this. Um, you being on the ship seems like to him like he he. Uh, the, the best way I can put it is is that it's like he's he's honestly kind of surprised by that. Um, Ferris will just kind of nod and kind of readjust herself and kind of look up to the guys. So. Uh, how much further? Because this is... Things are starting to get a little uncomfortable. What What do you mean uncomfortable? I don't know about you, but I don't really like being on boats. So, like, are you anxious or are you sick or... I wouldn't say quite sick, but definitely getting there. Oh. Hmm. Brendan, can I try a thing... Sure thing. What do you want to try? Uh, I want to try using Sagacious Elder's instruction to give uh, Ferris some bad advice that's going to actually uh, help her feel better about being on the ocean. Okay. It's on page 217 of the rulebook. Uh, when Dragonblood gives advice to another character and successfully rolls to introduce effect that supports it, the character gains a temporary specialty based on that advice and can apply to rolls with any ability for the duration of this charm as long as they follow their guidance. And the duration is four days. Sure thing. And the effect that I would want to try to introduce is that chewing on seaweed makes uh, what aspects feel more comfortable in the ocean environment. Okay. Um, I like it. I, I think that I like that as a fact. Um, so I'm going to say go ahead and give me that roll. Um, the difficulty is going to be a two, I think. Alright, and for that, it's lore and intelligence? Yes. 
So with five successes, you introduce the fact that wood aspects um, actually can help get rid of their seasickness by chewing on seaweed. So uh, Divine's going to just pull a bit of seaweed out of his pocket and hand it to uh, Ferris. Like, it's pretty sketch seaweed. And just be like, hey, uh, here, try, uh, try chewing on this. Uh, I hear it helps wood aspects, you know, like consuming nature while you're on the ocean or something. Should help with your uh, queasiness. Okay, so um, what specialty do you get off of that then? It doesn't say. It says uh, temporary specialty based on the advice that can apply to roles with any ability for the duration of that charm. So like whatever role she would be making to not feel queasy as long as she eats the uh, seaweed, I guess. Yeah, okay, so anything that would help her get rid of any kind of uh, sickness while at sea. Yeah. Okay. That's for the next four days. I guess I'll uh, reach up for the seaweed, kind of inspect it weirdly for a moment, and then just take a small bite and chew on it. So when you start chewing on it, um, you're not sure if that he was telling the truth or if this is like a uh, like a mental effect or something. But you do start to feel a little bit more uh, connected to the ground, to the to the wor- to the, the the plant life around you, even though there is not a whole lot really. I'm gonna look up at him as I'm chewing on this and just nod. Thanks. Yeah, no no problem. Uh, you know, people think my uh, advice is pretty dumb, but when they listen, it usually helps them out. So, uh, Ferris, uh, when you get to Chiroscuro, is there anything that you're looking forward to doing? Mm, not really. Maybe checking the place out with Zeke. Seeing what we can get into. I mean, it's a pretty big place. You can get into a lot of things, though. Uh, don't don't listen to uh, the captain when you get there. To uh, Desert Bloom, he's been he he keeps telling me he's trying to trick people to uh, go by the Gold Plaza during uh, during the middle of the afternoon. Don't do that. I tried it once. It was it did not end well. He kind of points up at his missing eye. Noted. I will uh, not listen to the captain. Yeah, I guess we're going to have to uh, try and cause some trouble in Chiroscuro and uh, set up a spot for our uh, for our family, you know. Or else the matriarch will have our heads. <laughs> I'm sure we can, like you said, find something to get into. Something fun. And uh, about your other question, we're about... Uh, about 15 miles, I guess, from uh, from the port. I saw the beacons uh, through through the through the storm, so we're getting there. Good, I can't wait. So, with that, as that we move our fancy camera through the uh, through through the junk ship and up through the uh, through the storm, and then about 15 miles south towards the sprawling great glass city of Chiroscuro. Which is to say, like, 
the smaller old city district that has some skyscrapers made of black glass and an entire uh, square mile that is just melted gold in the middle of it. I'm sorry, not melted gold, but there's like basically like there's a there's an area in there that is literally just like a flat plane of gold for about uh, a noticeable amount. (laughs) I'm going to steal it. It's probably like a a square mile of just gold that is just staring into the uh, like just looking up at the sky and there is nothing on it. Um, And then as we get past the main as we get past the old city with the Tricom's palace and the plaza and all the other fun things, we finally get to the new city where the, the buildings are smaller, one or two stories, generally brick, uh, uh, mud huts, uh, nothing too fancy, really, uh, tents. Um, the fanciest thing, honestly, here is, a is a, is every now and again, there's a fired, uh, there's like a stone, uh, building that's stacked up maybe three stories high. Um, and maybe there's a few other buildings here or there that are using some of the, uh, the fabled chiaroscuring glass to uh, help give them an air of aristocracy. But most of the uh, places in this neighborhood, essentially, in this large swath of the city that is not covered by the, uh, by the protective walls are things that people have built by hand. And it has a certain charm to it. On the about middle of the way through the new through the new city, there is a large stone building that has smoke pouring out of it as the scents of desert foods uh, waft through the air and bring in uh, people from all around the uh, new new city. This is the Desert Basilisk, a fairly famous restaurant um, in the area, run by a mortal, no less. So, uh, Christina, um, for your character, um, you've been asked to meet at the Desert Basilisk. And meet with uh, another member of the family who you've had a little... Maybe you guys have seen each other off and on, but you tend to not have the same line of work in the family. A guy named Ricky. The Desert Basilisk is a four-story building made of brick and some pieces of scavenged chiaroscuring glass. It is one of the tallest buildings in the new city, and the scents of spicy nostril-opening food can be smelled at least a block away. Currently, there is a small commotion as a massive black mare, at least seven feet tall, is currently blocking traffic. With a fiery mane, you can see the form of Lucille, the familiar of your associate. Inside of the restaurant, there is nearly a crush of people as orders are shouted to the back or from the bar. And as rice, spice, and other staples to make some of the city's best curry are cooked. Uh, yes, you roll up on the scene as the traffic has been a little bit crazy because someone has left a horse in the middle of the road. So, being the particular branch of profession of our profession, would I recognize the horse as his? Hmm. 
you know what? Honestly, that horse is a little hard to miss. If he had a regular sized horse, I might have had you roll something, but that horse is real distinct. All right, so it's it's a giant rapidash. Got it. Uh, pretty much, yes. So Elian's just gonna walk up to Lucille, pat the horse, look at it, and say, "I guess your master's inside," and just heads into um, the restaurant. Horse noises. So uh, you head inside of the desert basilisk. Uh, the smell of spicy food is there and uh, overwhelming. Uh, how does how does uh, Elian? Is that what your character's uh, name is? Yeah. How does Elian like spicy food? Uh, they could take it or leave it. They don't really have a preference one way or the other. But they're just gonna go in and kind of look around, see if they can spot. Ricky, um, to get ready to go. So, um, Elion, the first thing you notice about them is they have bright blue cat eyes. Um, their skin has a slight blue-green tint to it. It's a little bit more green than blue. Um, and when you're really close to them, they have this kind of subtle, salty ocean aroma to them. Um, like maybe they've been on a boat a lot or so, or just hanging out at the the ocean or beach a lot. Um, their dark hair looks very damp and slicked back into a braid that goes down their back. Um, and their clothes are pretty like ordinary looking, um, but are very well maintained. Um, like in a town minus the cat eyes in a town full of, you know, terrestrials, they'd probably blend in and look pretty common. Um, but all their clothes are, long sleeve and do cover most of their skin. Despite this all, there you see Ricky asleep at the bar. Uh, Ricky is a pretty average looking build, uh, average height, not terribly large or small, uh, but he's not very average looking. Firstly, Ricky has like pretty gradient, uh, pretty gradiented hair that goes from like a dark orange to a brighter orange to like, Yellow to white with like a little bit of black on the edge. Very similar to fire, but as a mohawk. Uh, his clothing is a mixture of like traditional, like monk attire and very untraditional, almost disrespectful, like punk clothing, like torn up black jeans and like jewelry and stuff. Uh, he has very large irises in his eyes that are very, very dark brown that look almost black. And he has his smell that is like like a smell of like something burning but not in an unpleasant way like a candle wick or like a uh, freshly put out campfire uh it's pretty loud uh very irreverent um but pretty pretty honest you find your staff uh your stick uh someone may have tried to move it but um when they did it more or less hit a table and lodged itself there. Uh, the thing is the weapon that you have, this staff with a lantern on the end of it, um, it weighs at least three tons to anyone else who tries to move it. Um, since you mentioned weapons, you notice that Elion doesn't look like they're carrying any weapons whatsoever. Um, so the um, 
the staff itself, your stick, um, the stick itself is made from a uh, from a wood from the far east that uh, is very hard to figure out exactly where it is um, or exactly what kind of tree that it was. Uh, and the top of it is adorned with a bright white jade that makes a large uh, that makes a large circle. Um, inside the circle are five rings of demon's gold, which uh, for, for like the the real name, uh, which is the name that uh, the the immaculate monks gave to Orichalcum. And then hanging off the edge of it is a red jade lantern, which houses a uh, flame. So as you guys go through uh, the city uh, towards the harbor, the horse uh, makes quick work of any traffic in its way without actually um, getting, uh, like, without actually destroying anything. Uh, as the horse is as nimble and, uh, I don't want to say delicate, but, like, uh, can basically tur- can turn on a dime. Is as graceful as it is tall. Listen, man, you put three dots into a familiar, this horse gets to be super cool. Just wait until we get the ferret that has three dots worth of familiar put into all of its tiny body. So anyway, so you guys make it down to the port as that you can see the uh, the hurricane out out uh, outside of the harbor is beginning to come into the is beginning to come into Chiroscuro. The dock hands around here do not care. They are not going to batten anything down. They are not going to uh, go for shelter or anything. Life in Chiroscuro continues as per normal. And you can see at the very edge of where the, the, uh, where the harbor begins, there is a small junk flying the colors of Great Fork coming into the area. On the boat, as you guys pass through the beacon and pass the pincer claws of the harbor, and start co- going towards the docks. There is a noticeable difference in the uh, in the weather as the waves uh, simply cease and the winds calm down immensely. Those of you who are on the harbor uh, on the docks can see that the hurricane force winds are driving up against the two lighthouse beacons uh, at the edge of the harbor of Chiroscuro, and some kind of ancient protection magics are lighting up along the sides of the towers and causing the winds to go from to go from like in the 80s to the 100 mile per hour winds down into a cool nice breeze no clouds come over the harbor maybe a light misting at best, but the hurricane that is raging outside of the city will not pierce through the walls of Chiroscuro. It takes a little bit, and you guys can see the uh, the boat that you're looking for coming in. Uh, those of you on the boat are getting ready to depart and uh, everything. Is there anything that you guys would like to do before the group meets up? Any, uh, any like waving down? Any, any preparing anything? None that I can think of. Like if I can't be out in those heavy winds, I guess I'll get on dry land. In that case, um, the boat docks and 
you all can see that there is a, as the boat from Great Forks docks, uh, Ferris, Divine, and Catholic Akoki uh, step off the junk and can see there is a man, a woman, and a giant horse waiting for them. Oh, I guess uh, I guess the horse was so big they didn't have room for the welcome wagon. Oh yeah, that seems about right. You gotta everything's bigger down south, don't you know, Divine? You know, I have heard that. I look forward to testing that theory, though. Hey, Brendan. Since we knew this was the mission we were coming on, will we have um, the little sister's name? I I am my character in particular is an investigator, so I would assume I'd be given the name, but I'm trying to double check. Christina, in that case, could you roll me? Uh, this will this will be something that had taken taken place earlier. Could you roll me an in intelligence and investigation? Cool. Okay. Difficulty of. Uh, what about eidetic memory in this situation? I will lower the difficulty in that case for you for uh, to two. Nice. Okay, yeah. Uh, so Ricky knows that you're looking for the tyrant's little sister, but you came in prepared. Resh Ferris. That's who we're looking for. And I assume that's not you. So where is she? I'm gonna need, uh... Brendan, are we expecting to be met by a, uh welcoming party you are expecting to be met by a welcoming party you notice that uh akoki is kind of giving them a little bit of a weird look like he was expecting someone else yeah uh you got uh credentials or anything like that because if we haven't already gotten off of lucio i'm gonna get off lucio and i'm gonna look at uh divine that's how you say it right yeah I'm looking to find me like, I am Renal Elion, and I was sent here to pick up Rush Ferris. So, along with my associate, and they kind of like, like kind of half-heartedly wave to Ricky. So, I'm not sure what credentials you're looking for. If you're looking for who sent us, I can do that, but I would prefer to speak to um, her ourselves so that because we don't know who you are. All right, tell you what, um, Divine pulls a uh, pair of bronze dice out of his pocket, pair of uh, dodecahedrons. We'll roll for it, just roll off. Simple, not a big gamble. Highest number, uh, if you, if you get the highest number, you can uh, take the girl. If I get the highest number. You tell me who you work for, and we settle this and maybe get a bite to eat. Why does it sound like you're trying to gamble me away? <laughs> Where is your character during all of this? Literally standing right next to him, watching everything going on. Okay, so <laughs> Elion's just gonna acknowledge what Divine said and turn to you and say, Are you Resh Ferris? And I'm going to just nod, but I'm not going to, like, push myself forward. Just nod and be like, yeah, that's me. Okay. So, we can make this longer than we need to. And I'm not sure what credentials you need to see to verify who we are. But we were sent here by the captain. 
to come and retrieve you from the boat. Um, all I have to go on is a name and who you are related to. So you can choose to come with us or wander the city aimlessly because I assume you do not know the area. Uh, I'm going to look over at Divine and Kathic and uh, just kind of nod and be like, an escort in an unfamiliar place would be wonderful. I've grown up here my whole life, so I can probably show you most places around here. The group has just met up. Uh, as that uh, Divine, Ferris, uh, Catholic Koki have gotten off the boat and met with Ricky and uh, Elian. As that you all are there, uh, finally uh, figuring out exactly who that everyone is and where the, the, you guys are supposed to be going, Uncle Catholic looks to you all uh, and kind of looks t- between Ricky and Elian and just goes, Yeah, uh, sorry about that. I was just. I was expecting Desert Bloom to be with you all. Have you all seen your captain? When was the last time we saw them? <laughs> when you guys got given this uh, this mission about two days ago. It's been a couple of days. Great. <sighs> They're probably off doing something weird then. Great. Of course. Of course I get to babysit in a, in a new town. That sounds great. Just exactly what I signed up for. You can see this man with his, uh, he's kind of like grabbing at his head as a headache is starting to form under where that his lost eye is. Eh, you ever get to sign up for anything, really? I tried once, but uh, it didn't go over so well. Yeah, it never does. It never does. As you guys are there uh, on the harbor and trying to figure stuff out, you hear a very, actually, you guys, there's actually, you know, you wouldn't even need to make a, any kind of roll for this. It is very loud as um, the sound of metal on metal begins to pierce the air as you can see a large bronzed sailish ship coming into the harbor. Bronze scrapes against the uh, the side of the uh of one of the towers that holds the, the the twin lighthouses for the Chiroscuran Harbor. And this thing is coming in at a rapid pace that actually seems to be outperforming most junks on, on the uh, on the open sea. Oh, you do not see that every day. Does it look like it's coming in here like aggressively or like uh, if you guys could, uh, if you guys could make me a perception and awareness check. Uh, just to clarify, is this gonna count as like a visual perception thing? Uh, yes, this is definitely a visual perception thing. <laughs> With my cat eyes, I get plus two dice. I like this dice, really. Yeah, it ain't bad. Okay, so. Ferris, uh, Resh Ferris does not, uh, besides the loud noise of metal on metal, uh, you, you don't notice anything off about the ship besides that it's approaching the harbor and it doesn't have any sails. Um, for Divine and Elian, you guys notice that this thing is approaching rapidly and is, uh, coming in aggressively. Like, there's no way 
there's absolutely no way that it can stop in time if it continues at this speed. And it is definitely showing no signs of slowing down. Is there... I guess there's not really a way to tell if it's intentionally trying to crash into the harbor or out of control, is there? At the moment, no. Um, And for Ricky, who got a total of four successes on this, I'm going to ask you to roll me a special thing. Oh, yeah? Because this might actually fall uh, you. So you basically get all the information that the uh, the other two have gotten. And on top of that, you see actually, no, uh, you and uh, you and Christina, because Christina has the uh, the uh, the eyesight enhancer. So her uh, her stuff can go out farther. Uh, so the both of you actually see this, but Div- uh, Divine does not. Um, there is what looks like a group of 10, maybe 20 men and women uh, with holding on to uh, what looks like makeshift weapons and like raising them above their heads, like almost like in a war chant. Well, you say makeshift weapons. Are, are they like not clearly not soldiers? It's hard to tell from this distance. Uh, they're clearly not regular weapons. <sighs> and uh, Tyler, before that you do anything else, could you give me a intelligence and do you have anything in lore or a cult? I have a lot in a cult. You give me a cult role. I would love an intelligence and a cult role. Here's how this is going to go down. Tyler, you uh, seeing you two seeing the the people and the ship approaching, you all are realizing that this thing is going to come in and hit the harbor. It even if the people on top of the boat weren't uh, raising their weapons like mad madmen and women, this thing is going to cause some damage when it hits the harbor. Ricky, on the other hand, has something about the sailless ship strikes a chord in his mind as he remembers something from his time in the Immaculate Order um, training to be a monk and how they spoke about pirates out in the West who were demon worshippers. Uh-oh. Uh, you know that these pirates are specifically called Lintha and they move about on... Uh, Great, uh, their ships are made of bronze and they, and the ships are propelled by some kind of demon. Pretty metal. You guys have about 30 seconds before this thing crashes into the harbor. What are you all going to do? Pirates. Demon pirates. So what, uh, what questions are you looking for, uh, as far as this goes? I'm just trying to make sure I... I have read what my things do because I have a lot of things for this. I'm just trying to make sure I'm informed. Uh, so while that you're picking all that up and uh, reading through it and just double checking, like I said before, we have uh, you guys have about 30 seconds to prepare before that this boat hits the uh, hits the dock. What are you guys going to do in that time? Yeah, I think I'm okay now. Um, do I? When I was, do we have any training? We specifically had training to fight. Creatures of Darkness when I was in when I was in Monk Academy, right? Yes. Uh, specifically, your martial arts style is specifically used specifically against... Specifically for that, yes. Yep. 
I'm gonna get off uh, Lucille, I guess, and uh, see if I can have Lucille try to like herd people out of the area with her super horse speed. Okay. I pull out my stick. Just get ready to fight. Sounds good. Uh, what about the other three? Well, I'm just gonna try to get out of the way because I don't have anything to stop a whole ass boat. I don't get paid to fight demons. No. All right. Divine's gonna turn around and just start running up the wall of the nearest skyscraper and just get as much distance as he can. Okay. Elian. I'm just trying to look through my stuff to see if I have anything for this, because most of my stuff's not quite for this situation. Like, I don't think any of us can stop a whole ass boat. And we just gotta have demon boat. We just gotta have to wait till it like crashes. I guess Elian's just gonna shout as loud as they can. Like, clear the dock. Uh, rampaging boat incoming. Not friendly. Just to try and get potentially anybody off the dock that might be here. Yeah, people are people are noticing that, and uh, people are starting to run. Uh, they they weren't running at the inc- incoming hurricane, but this boat has them freaking out. And you guys pointing out that it is potentially a demon-filled boat has them doing it. Uh, Cody, you said that you're running. Are you helping get get anyone uh, out of the way, warning them, or are you just running? I'm helping get myself out of the way. Okay. So then, in that case, the boat comes in with a sickening, squelching crash of waves and viscous flesh. Uh, slamming into the into the metal of the dock. The boat rises up above the waves as you all can see a large worm-like creature that has had this brass construct lashed to the top of it. And the creature lets out a horrific uh, yell uh, that's, uh, that sounds somewhere between a it sounds somewhere between a rabbit dying and uh and and some and something that should have no long screaming cacophonous yell of the lintha hopping off the boat and onto the dock with weapons that from afar did not look like much but now you can see that they are made of the sharpened bones of demons and with that, anyone who's going to join battle should roll me a join battle roll. Okay. What is a join battle roll? Join battle, battle is wits plus awareness. Plus three successes. I need to use a charm. Uh, I would like to use Where is Doom Inquisition. So I add my martial art. I add my occult dice. I add my like a number of bonus dice equal to my occult onto my join battle roll. And any creature of darkness opposing me, uh, their essence in total ones on their roll is added as non-charm dice to my roll. What was the base roll again? I'm sorry. Uh, wits plus awareness. Oh yeah, that's uh. Let me just. I didn't add the three successes. I just rolled my wits and awareness. So Christina is at eight on initiative. Tyler is at a seven and Brit is at a five. Now, it, when they roll initiative, I think I get dice equal to their ones. Yes. Okay. I was make sure I, I knew how that worked. And what is mastery? 
Mastery is what do you get if you're a solar okay, or a celestial mind. exalt. Never mind. I'm not a fancy boy. Wow, they look at them ones. Okay, so you got another two from uh, the Lintha. Yeah. Does the battle group at four? Yes, the battle group is at four. And then that is the joint battle for the battle worm. Which gives Tyler another extra. So, Tyler, you're rolling another three dice. Nothing. Okay. Uh, so, I am all ready to go. So, uh, Cody, are, is there anything that you're going to do? Nah, just sit on my vantage point and uh, watch these people die. What I actually forgot someone important, which is uh, your captain. So, Akoki goes at six to help you all out. So... Uh, first up in initiative is going to be Christina, or I'm sorry, uh, Elian. So what does Elian do on her first turn? So how far away are these guys at this point? They are currently to you guys at a short distance. So is it the whole boat and the worm, like literally all the things or? Yes, all the things are currently at a short distance. You guys were on the harbor and they just crashed into it. Okay, so I guess they're being hostile, clearly. So they're starting this shit, not us. Um, Because it sure doesn't look like they're coming for a tea party. So kind of just to test the waters with how tough this is, like how tough these things are, um, Elian's just going to kind of resume, like assume a very kind of relaxed stance. And their hands are going to light up a little bit. And they're going to push their fist forward. And there's a ball of energy that has, it's clearly like light, but it has this blue-green tint to it that kind of swirls amongst it. And just this ball of energy is going to fire out at the battle group. Okay. So now is a uh, good time to go over fun things like stunting. If you describe things to me, I give I give you dice bonuses. Okay, so I'm not used to the archery throne stuff listed at the bottom there, so I have no idea what that means, actually, because I never did range stuff before. Okay, so uh, mortal throne weapons. If that you're at a short distance with who that you're attacking, which you are right now, your accuracy is a plus three. All right, so I'm aiming with my decks and martial arts, because that's the thing I do with this, so... Right. Out of range. And then am I adding in my accuracy also? Yes, you are. As dice or successes? As dice. Cool. Just making sure. And then uh, since you did the cool description on that, I'm going to give you a two-dot stunt, which is two extra dice and a success, and an automatic success. So that means I'm rolling 15 dice um, with one automatic success. Correct. You hit their defense with a threshold of three. And then how do you determine damage from your weapon? Is it, uh, it just said the, the damage of a thrown weapon, right? So it's, uh, it says the attack is a projectile attack that must be done while unarmed and use the same, same stats as a light thrown weapon with tags of bashing, flame, and thrown for short range. Okay. Uh, in that case, then it is your damage plus your, uh, strength. Okay. My strengths too. Okay, so then you're at nine, and then you have a threshold successes of three, so that would put you at 12 damage, uh, 12 withering damage dice. They have a soak, 
of nine, which means that you would be rolling uh, three withering. Oh man, I can't remember if I need to look up if withering if for withering if uh if tens count as two or not. Give me just one second. Okay, uh, so double tens does apply for withering attacks. So you reap two initiative from the battle group. Since you hit them successfully, you get one extra also. And the battle group goes down to two, and you bump yourself up to 11. All right, next up is going to be Ricky. All right, I'm going to go after that goddamn worm. I'm going to take my big stick like a baseball bat and run up there and yell, Not in my town, motherfuckers, get the fuck out. I'm going to smack the worm right in the face and try to hit it back into the ocean. Okay, I love that. I am definitely going to give that a two-dot stun. Okay. <laughs> How does it... So, walk me through this one good time. Okay, so uh, to hit is dex and martial arts. Now, what type of attack is this? Uh, I, I assume... Uh, okay, I assume that you're using your martial art. Totally. So then this is an attack of dex and martial arts to hit. Okay. After that, you add in the accuracy of the weapon. Okay. And then add in another two extra dice for the stunt. Okay. And then you get one automatic success. Okay. Let me see if I have anything I want to do here. This isn't a decisive withering attack, right? This is a withering attack. This is a withering attack. Okay. Uh, I I assume that it would be a withering attack. Um, Yeah. You, You can... You could try a decisive attack, but I can't. Uh, we'll, we'll do withering. Um, I am going to spend four more modes to use the Rotten Leaf Arrest to give my withering attack one overwhelming and to knock my target prone if it deals damage. Actually, this is a creature of darkness, yes? It most certainly is. Uh, in that instance, then, uh, it's actually a plus three to, my, to the overwhelm and one automatic success to the withering damage roll. Okay, so then you have two automatic successes, and then you have all that extra stuff, uh, plus the two dice. Now that's, I think that's 14 plus the two automatic successes, and how does Overwhelm factor into this? Because my weapon has Overwhelm on it. We will determine, uh, so Overwhelm is what happens if, um, you can't get past its soak. Wow, seven successes, okay, so... And the two automatics, so nine. Oh, right. And your weapon has a damage of 12. And what's your strength? Okay. And if something crashes, I need to know. Will do. Well, I mean, you hit its evasion. Uh, so you had five, uh, five threshold successes. Um, which means that you would have 19 damage. It has a soak of 10 which means that you have uh, nine withering damage dice. So just roll nine? Yep. Three. Damn. Okay, so what this does is the worms, the battle worms initiative goes down by three. Your initiative goes up by three plus an extra one because you uh, successfully hit something. Okay. So you are now at an initiative 11. Uh, the important thing to note about this is, is that the way that you do decisive attacks is you use your initiative pool. Right. Uh, the worm did not crash, correct? The worm did not crash. It is still knocked prone. If it, if it can be knocked prone. I don't know if um, it can be or it not. It cannot be knocked prone. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Okay. Uh, next up is going to be Kathik uh, Akoki. Kathik uh, is going to reach down and draw out two swords from his side and take up take up a practiced martial arts stance and is going to wait for the battle group to come to him as he uh, is intent on defending those around him. So next up is going to be Brit at five, or I'm sorry, is going to be Ferris at five. Alrighty, so we got a bunch of dudes aiming at us and shit and big worm thing and a boat. To, to, to explain, the uh, the battle group of Lintha are trying to get off the boat, but you guys got the jump on them. You guys are a little bit quicker than they are. Okay. Um, I'm going to aim for the worm. Okay. And uh, pull out my shortbow. All right. And uh, with my shortbow, I'm going to use death from nowhere. So I'm going to do a withering attack. All right. Okay, so um question for you, Britt. Uh well actually uh two. Are you um are you aiming uh as well or are you are you taking the aim action or are you going to also uh j- just like pull it out and start firing using that? I want to aim at th- I'm gonna aim at the worm. Okay. And since it's a withering attack, I would do my withering thing on the short bow plus accuracy. Uh, yes, uh, you'd be using, yeah, you'd be doing a withering attack that ignores the lower of your essence or perception, uh, points of soak from their armor. It's higher since I'm aiming. Uh, right, but the aim action is an actual action that you have to take. Gotcha, so then I won't aim. Uh, basically what you can do with that, let me just pull up the rules on it real quick, because it is a little bit of a weird thing. I mean, it's the difference between one or two or one point, so I don't mind not aiming. Okay, so then you're just gonna pull out the the bow real quick and start firing at the worm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to flavor it anyway, like like pulling out the bow or anything like that? Um, I want to do in like one swift, like quick action, like pull the bow off of my back, get the arrow into the into the notch, and aim, like, as swiftly as I can. Um, since Ferris is a performer, she would do kind of a twirl with it. Almost like if you were watching an anime and they were shooting with a bow. Like, the little flare that they add onto it. Yeah, the little spin of the arrow and everything. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I uh, I will give I will give that a two dot for, for that, uh, for that, for that nice little addition. Uh, so what that means is that you're going to be rolling your dex and athletics to hit, add in the accuracy from the bow for short range, and then add in two dice. Is it death, dex and athletics or dex and archery? I'm sorry, dex and archery. Okay, so dex and archery plus the short, which is four, plus the two that you gave me? Yep. And then one automatic since it's a two dot. I call bullshit. Wow. Wow. Good job. Uh, so that is uh, technically three successes, which um, is enough to hit it. You did it. With uh, with one threshold. So uh, what would your damage be? 
I have written down damage is plus nine, and it ignores two points of soak. Okay, and what is your overwhelm? One. Okay, so you would be rolling three damage then. The arrow uh, goes in and it strikes it, but it does not find any purchase in the giant worm's thick hide. However, since you did hit it, you still do go up one on the initiative track. Next up is going to be the worm at three. The worm is going to surge forward, uh, covering the distance between... uh, Oh, actually, no. Uh, Tyler moved in to smack the worm. So the worm is actually going to go and try and attack Tyler and is going to flurry and is going to flurry its attacks to try and uh, using uh, its principle of motion to get two attacks out on Tyler. Ooh. As it, it kind of surges forth and large. Uh, Large teeth come in to bite down on you. Okay. Tyler, uh, okay, so it rolled a four to hit. Uh, Tyler, how are you defending? Uh, dodging. Okay. Um, what is your evasion? Uh, defense is dodge, right? Uh, it is one of your defenses, yes. But if I just get a plus one to defense. Oh, from the, from the weapon? Yes. That is with your parry. Oh, okay. Uh, so you said it's defense, you said it was dodge, and dexterity divided by two, rounded up? That is, uh, that is what your evasion would be. Uh, with my plus one, that would make my evasion six. Damn, you are really good at dodging. I get a, uh, a natural plus one evasion at all times. Because of, uh, Ember Mid Smoke Misdirection. It's not at all times. I have to, well, does, is a five still a miss? Uh, a five is still a miss, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a miss. I have to activate emotes, some emotes for my Ember Smoke thing. So it misses you on the uh, on the first strike, and then it comes in for the second one. How are you going to dodge it, dodge or deal with it, or defend against its second strike, Tyler? Uh, I think I can dodge again, right? Yeah, uh, so it misses you the first time. How are you dodging the second time? I guess I have a penalty to evasion this time, don't I? Uh, yes, you would have a minus one penalty. I'm going to spend a moat to use flickering candle meditation to dodge. Uh, so if it gets a one, even a one, single one on its roll, I negate that many points of ev- evasion negativity. Okay, sounds good. Um, anything else you'd like to describe before I make the roll? How is it attacking me? Uh, the first time it like it tried to chomp where you were and you uh, r- got out of the way, and then the second time it's basically just turning itself and trying to like chomp down on you again, like from above. I like jump up as it's coming in and take a do like like goomba stomp it on the snoot and flip up behind it to evade it. Hell yeah, that sounds cool. I'll I'll give you I'll give you a dot stunt for that, and that'll uh, negate your onslaught penalty. Ooh. Uh, I mean, it won't negate it, but it'll basically uh, add it. You know what? I'll even I'll even do Ember Mid Smoke Misdirection. Also, I, if he misses, let me know. Well, he's gonna miss, I think. But well, we have to roll still. Yeah. If he misses, let me know. My evasion will be six. Ooh. Wait, he um, rolled one though, so it's seven. Oh, actually, you rolled two ones. Yeah. Well, it's only one negative. So. 
Yeah, in that case, then, yeah, he, he just barely misses because of that. So, Ember mid smoke misdirection, if he misses, he suffers essence dice of unsilkable withering damage. Oh, shit, dude. Okay, and your essence is two? Yes. Uh, roll it. <laughs> the worm goes down to one, and uh, Ricky goes up to 13 on initiative. I do not gain initiative from that. Oh, you don't? Okay. No, no idea. Well, never mind then. You you jump on its snoot, and the worm seems very confused by this sudden uh, insult to it. I'm glad you know what this is. An insult. Afterwards, with that done, the Lintha surge off of the boat. Uh, as a battle group, they, they close the distance from short to close with everyone on the pier. Okay, yeah, so then Tyler goes down to, is down to 10, but the worm's down to t- 1. Um, real quick before I stop thinking about it, when does Anima start firing in this? When you spend more than 5 from your peripheral in a turn. Oh, well, that would have done it. <laughs> okay. How do you determine whether it's coming from your peripheral or your personal? That's a good question. Uh, you pick. Oh, okay, I'll probably keep a lid on it then. <laughs> Because I spent 14 total in this combat. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've been burned through it. But I think it's between two turns. So next, uh, so then, at the bottom of the initiative is the Lintha battle group, who comes surging off and close the distance from short to close with everyone on the pier. As a battle group, they get the ability to make an attack against everyone. Ah! I have a thing. I'm just, I have a lot of uh, reflexive, dodgy bullshit. Just give me one second. Okay, yeah. Uh, how are you guys getting out of the way before I make these rolls and everything? Can I, like, try to, like, guide the worm's face in the way of the strike so I don't get hit by it? Yeah, okay. Okay, I, I like that. I'll, 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 gi- I'll give that, I'll give that a, uh, I'll give that a dot stunt for you. I'm not sure what kind of move that would be. Uh, I'd say that that's like a, uh, maybe it's like a martial arts, like you're kind of like moving your staff in the way of the worm to kind of like, and yeah. the Lintha to get them to like, uh, hey, over here, over here. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> but is it like, am I like parrying or am I dodging or what is it? Uh, how, how do you want to do it? Do you want to parry or dodge? I, I guess I'll do parry since I've, I've kind of stacked up on dodge and I spent enough moats this turn. Now, do I, those, re- do those regenerate? Uh, yes, at the top of the round, you get five moats back. Okay, cool. And what is parry based off of? Uh, for you, it is your dex in martial arts plus the defense. Spicy. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, dex and mar- martial arts divided by two rounds. Yeah, up. right. So I have a quick question. They're all moving into close range on us, yes? Correct. Good. I will notate that for potentially a thing. Um, I am basically just going to try, and since I'm already kind of in a loose stance, kind of preparing to hopefully get into my actual martial arts stance, I'm just basically going to try and use my hand to, like, pull, push the weapon out of the way and, like, sidestep away from them. Okay, so, like, uh, is that like a martial arts parry? Uh, I'm just going to kind of, like, I mean, my parry and my evasion are the exact same thing. Um, okay. Unless, because it's it's awkward because 
for parry, you, you can add the weapon accuracy in, and it's kind of weird because mine's based off of the, the, the mortal throne weapon and stuff. And I don't know if that really works for my hands. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the, the dot stunt for that for just moving stuff away. And since you said that they're both the same, then you could just use the evasion for that. I mean, my flat evasion's five. Yep. So then uh, with that, you, uh, I'd be having to try and hit you with a six. And uh, Britt, what about you? Are they uh, attacking with melee? Yes, they are. Okay. I'm just going to try to dodge um, out of the way. Yeah, uh, to give you a little bit more of a idea, they are all coming in with uh, they're all coming in with like axes and scythes that are made out of uh, demon bones, and like a group of them are just like swinging wildly. All right, so they get they get a five to hit. Um, does anyone have a five or below on defense? I mean, my evasion is five, but I think you said I get one automatic on it. Uh, I told you that I'd give you a dot stunt for the description. Um, yes, so it would be my evasion plus the the one dot, so then I would be at a six then, and I'm good. Okay, yeah, then it would miss you. Cool, just making sure. My evasion, however, is a five. Alright, and Tyler? Uh, with my dot, with my stunt bonus, I'm sitting at a seven. Shit, dude. Okay, so they do not hit the two of you, but they do hit Brit. Brit, what is your uh, soak? My soak is seven. All right. Wow. They're really good at this. So seeing the person with the bow, they uh, instinctually go after them for whatever reason. And strike Brit and strike... uh, Resh Ferris for five withering damage, bringing her down to one. Not crashed, but just barely. That's... I don't soak any of that? Uh, So their original damage was a 13. Uh, So I removed uh, seven of their dice. So they only rolled uh, six dice. Okay, and so I take five away from my initiative, or do I take health on that. Your you, t- you take five from your initiative. Gotcha, okay. Uh, basically, they, they come in and they try to hit you, and like, you're you're doing your best to dodge out of your way, out of the way, but like, the footing, like, you're a little bit surprised by how slick that the harbor is, and you're kind of like, losing your footing. Did they reap that five initiative, or, yeah, five initiative from her then? Uh, they do not, because battle groups do not reap initiative. Let's double checking. Uh, has Cathex changed? Because I still have him just sitting at six. Uh, it has not. He took his he took his action to assume his martial arts stance. Though actually, I just realized that I have to uh, roll damage against him since that uh, he since they rolled a five and that would hit his. Wow, wish I could have given that one to Brit. So anyway, um, everyone uh, who is in everyone who is in combat regenerates uh, five modes of essence. Hey, Brendan. Essence I didn't spend. Cody, what's up? So seeing my friend get hit, how do I join the battle? Or win? Uh, You are allowed to join battle at the top of the turn. Uh, 
go for it. Uh, that would be wits and awareness. Jesus, Cody. Uh, Divine will be uh, joining the combat at eight. But first up is Elian at 11. Cool. So this battle worm is looking, uh, if I'm looking at my sheet correctly, they're at one initiative, right? Correct. Follow-up question. Is the battle group considered in, uh, what is it, insignificant target? I think is what I'm looking for. A non-insignificant, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you would say the battle, the battle worm is a non-insignificant target, right? Correct. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna decisive this damn worm. Okay. Before I, like, RP anything. I know for decisive, you don't add something in compared to when you do withering. It is your accuracy. Okay, so it'd just be my dex, martial arts, my specialization, because I have a specialization in essence strikes that I forgot to add in last time. And then my dice for, you said no accuracy. So it'd just be my dex and martial arts, my specialization, stunting, and then that's it? Correct. Cool. Okay. And it's still within short range, correct? Or close range? It is, uh, yes, it is still within short range to you. It stayed at the same range to uh, attack uh, Ricky. So um, Elian, like, shifts and pushes the the weapon from the battle, the person from the battle group out of the way and, like, does a spin, looks up at the worm and just, like, rears back and fires the biggest bolt that they can do. Okay. Uh, I will definitely give that an extra two dice. You hit. Uh, with with six successes, you definitely hit this thing. Uh, so roll your initiative in damage. And are you doing lethal or bashing? I mean, I'm trying to take this thing out. So at least the worm. So yeah, I'm trying to take the worm out. So lethal. Uh, you do not have... Uh... Blazing Lotus form active, correct? No, so I guess it technically would have to be bashing. If yes. I can, if I can crash or incapacitate this this round, I assume my form. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you're not since you're doing decisive, you're going to try and incapacitate it. You're going to be trying to incapacitate it with bashing damage. So just my initiative, yes. Yes, just your initiative. You beat its hardness value, so you just roll the full initiative value. Uh, tens do not count twice in this case. So you deal uh, four bashing damage to this thing. Okay, uh, as the essence strike pierce, uh, hits this thing, it lets out a... Like a loud, squelching, weird noise coming from, from its demonic throat. Uh, this thing seems bruised and hurt, but it's not going down just yet. Thank you all for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you liked what you heard, why not give us a follow on Twitter for more updates as to when we'll be releasing episodes. You can also give us a like or review on your podcast app of choice. Just a few quick button clicks and you can help us defeat the dreaded algorithm boss. The theme song for this game was Main Theme by Alexander Nakarada, copyright 2019, used under a Creative Commons license. And hey, for making it this far, I saw that cool thing you did, so have some stunt dice. Okay. And finally, uh, before that we get started proper, I did want to let you guys know something. 
under uh where do we put experience okay under regular experience if you all could please mark on the total there a six do you oh, mean, uh, do you mean uh, just not dragon experience, the current regular experience? Yes, current regular experience. Um, uh, as it for the last month, month and a half, I was running a small little uh, contest through the podcast, uh, asking people to give me answers to the theming for the heist episodes, as well as the uh, the, uh, the the Big Apple episodes. And I got six responses. Uh, one of them was from Cody, but the rest were from uh, people who are just listeners and not in this game. Okay, so, so I really wanted to be like, I know, I know the answer, but I knew we wouldn't get any points for that. Um, so the answers to those questions were um, for the heist episodes, where I literally named all those episodes after uh, after heist movies. And then every name for the tower stuff for, for the Big Apple, those are all bands that originated in New York City. But yeah, uh, including Cody, we got six responses to those, so uh, I'm giving six XP. So we start. Okay, let me just kind of. I'm so excited to be back in creation. Christina, would you like to start us off? No. All right, fair enough. I will give you a moment. I'm looking a thing up, and I'm trying to find it. It's relevant, because I know you're going to make me describe what I look like, and I need to double-check something. Okay, then. I will pick on the person who has been uh, ready to go since I announced this game. Brit. Oh, damn. Me. How do we, uh... Man. I almost went into Balsam for Kavis there. Balsam's not what I want. <sighs> Gotta forget how to do Balsam. Alright. Give me one sec. Just gotta punch the Boston out of ya. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... And for the exalt, what's the uh, key for the exalted bot? It is, let's see. How many dice are you rolling? Uh, rolling nine of them. Hey. Wow, that thing is super useful and very easy to put the stuff in. Yeah, no, I do not dislike that. I'd say she's probably built like a steakhouse, but handles more like an, uh, an ice cream truck, which I think probably handles better than a building. I don't know. You ever try to drive a beast through? I can safely say no. Why does it sound like you're trying to gamble me away? Because Brendan wouldn't let me at LARP. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's my question. Okay, we are recording now. Power, can you say something? Hello. Hodag, 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 Hodag. A large what kind of ship? 
bronze sailless. Like there are no sails on it. Okay, the sailless part was the part that for some reason just threw me off. I'm just going to keep sitting and making this noise at Brendan as soon as he mentioned Lintha. Uh, hey, Brendan? Yes. I need a minute because I have several things to fight demons. Now, demons are not ghosts, correct? Correct, but they are still creatures of darkness. Okay. Give me one moment. Remember, if you're going to fight a demon, you need to dip, duck, dive, dodge, and duck. And uh, I want to just are Raksha demons? Those are, uh, no, they are not demons. They are uh, considered uh, fae. Okay. I'm not trying to take up time here. I just gotta get my stuff situated. You're fine. That's why that I wanted to get uh, I wanted to get a little bit of roleplay in. I wanted to get a little bit of uh, getting used to the story and stuff in, and then I wanted to try and at least finish off at least the first session with a little bit of combat to get you guys used to it. The book is having a hard time loading. There it goes. Was it Ricky first? Oh, you're right. No, uh, you got... I didn't get any successes in my extra dice. Yeah, Ricky had eight. I had seven. Catholic and Battle Room have six. Ferris has five. Battle Group has four. I'm just gonna, you, no, Ricky has seven. Okay, you you have backwards. Yeah. Look at it backwards? I'm... So I'm not used to this martial art yet because I have not used it before and there's a lot involving it. So I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> that is completely fair. Yeah, I probably, I, I meant, to, I should have uh, actually asked how that you were dodging first uh, before that I started rolling. That was actually my it, It's fine. I, I, I'm still learning. It's fine. 